Hey, 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 it's Amplified Living with Dr. John, and I have a really special guest. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Espen Yalnby, and he is a crazy-ass Norwegian chiropractor, scientist, teacher, uh, actually one of the kindest guys that I know that I've met here in Australia when I first got here. You're like the super kind. Say hello. Say hello to our listeners. It's a privilege and a pleasure. Yeah, so... Uh, just a little backstory. I am new in Australia and I had met Dr. Espen uh, ages ago when I first arrived. And uh, I just remember thinking, dude, you're like, you're too kind. Why are you so kind? But he's such a kind guy. And, uh, and we just became friends over time and have opportunities to chat, but never really had the opportunity to chat for like a long form, which I'm hoping that this is going to tease out some of his amazing stuff. And I just want to kind of tell you guys a little bit about Espen because he's done, what was that, I think, the Ninja Warrior, Australian Ninja Warrior? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. What made you do something like that? Like, seriously, <laughs> like, why would you do a Ninja Warrior thing? What was in your mind? Oh, that was so cool. And uh, yeah, for those listening, it's a privilege and a pleasure to meet you and to hang out with you for, for this time. Uh, Ninja Warrior is just a cool challenge. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big mental challenge. It's a, it's a bigger physical challenge as well. So for me, you know, after break, breaking both my legs when I was younger, having to fight for my life with, you know, the infection and the stuff through the hospitals and what happened, um, overcoming that, getting back onto my feet, and then, you know, having the dream of hitting that buzzer on the top of that, that warped wall was, uh, was something that I always wanted. And when that came from America, finally came to Australia – um, you know, one of my patients at the time said, dude, you got to get onto this. You got to, you got to give this a shot. And my whole body was just filled with goosebumps when I looked at the application form and just submitted it and didn't think any more of it. And then they called me up and said, you know, your story is pretty cool. We want you to give it a go. And yeah, a couple of seasons in, we managed to get up the wall and hit the buzzer and have a good time. So that was a, a real breakthrough. Um, for me to be able to show people that it doesn't matter what you've been through, you know, broken legs or whatever mental, physical, emotional challenges you've been through. It's going to fix your... There you go. Okay, yeah, that's better. Beautiful. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It's more so the opportunity to, to believe and you'll achieve. So that was really cool to be able to have mm. that opportunity. You know, that's, uh, it's so interesting that you pick like the physical challenge that helps you get over your story about like you got into an accident. And mm -hmm. from what I understand from some of the things that I've heard... Uh, because uh, I've heard you speak in front of hundreds of people, which is pretty wild to watch you in your groove. Like the, when you're in your flow state, man, you're a pretty, pretty powerful person. And the words that you use and how you express yourself gets out there. Um, and I remember you sharing your story uh, that you got injured when, how old were you when you were hurt? Oh, this was in 2006. So I would have been 23 years old when I, just, when I first got to Australia from Norway. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then how did you get, what was it, a motorcycle accident? Yeah, yeah, jumped on the motorcycle. My mum was diagnosed with terminal cancer at the time, so I was not really in a good state. I was not grounded. I was not with my breath and in my awareness. So, you know, it went too fast around the corner with a lot of testosterone and a lot of fear in my heart and just lost control, crashed a motorcycle and broke uh, my one of my femurs in two places and the other one cracked in one and had a little fracture through my spine. And then the issue, the real problem, problem was actually the infection that came from the hospital. Yeah, right. So that was that was the challenging bit. But, you know, sometimes when you go through it, I always say, you know, it's in the pit where the purpose is revealed. You know, when you're really challenged, that's when you're going to be able to, to find answers within yourself because there's no, no answers without. There's no answers outside. The answers are always within. And sometimes we need those challenges to, to really begin to look within and ask quality questions. And that was what I was able to do during that, that challenging time. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting that you say that how you were in your frame, like in your mind space. Like mm-hmm. Your mom was going through a tough time, and then you're frustrated, angry, upset, depressed, mm-hmm. hurt, broken. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all those, you know, obviously 26 years old, high on male testosterone and, and just doing your, your guy thing. And we, and if you don't know, like we just approach things like, like we're going to war, don't we? Yeah, so often. Yeah, so no matter what the emotion is, we just go to war with it. Isn't, <laughs> yeah. it, isn't that the way? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't work out when you're on a motorbike. and you're. In, but to have that reflectiveness, mm-hmm. it happened to me recently, actually. I was just at my home, and it was silly, uh, silly thing. Just think how silly this is. There are five chickens inside my patio, all perched up on a very expensive wood table, all staring at me in the middle of the night, ready to like poop all night long on this table. And they're not supposed to be in the patio. And I think to myself, damn chickens. Got to get the chickens out of here. And I was so angry at the chickens because I'm like constantly chasing them out of this area. And, uh, and then, so anyway, shuffle them away and then lock them up. And then I just remember charging down the hill and I'm just being in a frustrated, not connected, not breathing, irritated. And it wasn't just the chickens. It was like Mm -hmm. the whole day was filled with, Utter disappointment after disappointment after challenge after problem, and none of it got fixed. Mm-hmm. And so you get to this culmination in the evening where, if I really think back, I didn't wasn't breathing. I bet you you weren't had no breath flowing through your mm-hmm. body, right? Mm-hmm. And I and, and and I wasn't thinking for sure. And man, I hit my head on the glass door that has always been there that I would never run into mm-hmm. i ran straight into it <laughs> as if i could just there was nothing in my way uh-huh. i hit this thing it was like it was like suddenly god just came out of the out of the the heaven and just like punched me in the forehead i still have a scar here on my forehead nah, i can see it from that from that event <laughs> and people ask me what happened and i just think i was not breathing angry frustrated irritated having a you know, losing control, mm-hmm. feeling not in control, not connected, depressed. I mean, how many more feelings can I go through? Mm-hmm. Uh, blaming myself for whatever problem that was having, I was having that day. Shameful that I even let those problems actually happen. So mm-hmm. all that filtering through my mind, and then I'm in no mind, and then I just hammer myself through a thing. Mm. I feel grateful that I didn't break both my thighs <laughs> for the lesson, and that I all it took were three or four stitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that would have been really difficult to go through when you're first here in Australia. I think this is important to understand because every single person, male or female, we're going to go through challenges, right? And it's normally through the challenges that we really need to test our fortitude. And there's two ways you can look at a challenge, you know, be it, you know, challenged by the chickens or motorbike or your spouse or yourself. And you spoke so beautifully to all these different emotions. This is what a you know conscious man or conscious woman needs to really come to terms with, that we are a, a series of emotions. You know, quality of our life is the quality of the most prominent and dominant emotion. So how we feel the majority of the time becomes how we perceive our quality of life. So if you can be able to sit with those, with the, the guilt and the shame and the blame and the grief and the sadness, all the things to you answered to before or spoke to before, you can actually begin to understand that they're a part of the human experience. Because if you suppress them, well, you're going to get more angry. It's going to keep coming up. So most people just keep on running through life without acknowledging that the, the emotions are a part of, of the experience. So I think that's amazing. You can see that that was you that created that scar. What a beautiful reminder to slow down and breathe and be present. 
And, you know, but when, when the emotions show up, it's really difficult sometimes to be present because the, we are so clouded by that um, lower frequency. We're so clouded by that um, distress or pain or whatever it is. And these are the moments where we need to remember to just simply take a breath in and pr- take a breath out. The first message from the Buddha was, now I'm breathing in and now I'm breathing out. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's so simple. And I think that begins with understanding, one, I have emotions. I should be with those emotions and not run from those emotions. And two, when I'm actually disconnected, slow down, take a breath, and begin, be, begin to become more aware of what's happening within you because that's what's creating the circumstance outside of you. It reminds me of a lesson that I, um, that I was taught with uh, Oneness University mm-hmm. uh, when I studied with them for a little while. And uh, I remember him, the, the one monk saying, Uma, he said, oh, you, you keep feeling all these things because you never really feel that. You never really let yourself feel mm. that feeling. Mm. And, you know, I think, yeah, no, I feel angry. Oh, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm sad, you know, but you never really allow yourself to feel it fully mm-hmm. and then be okay with the fact that you're, like, you're feeling angry. So I shouldn't be angry. No, 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 fuck that. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, we'll really get into it, like really get into the emotion and what they taught was is that once you're fully allow yourself to be engulfed by the emotion safely, right, mm-hmm. in a safe way that you can experience it completely within your whole body, so every cell experiences it, it is at that point that you can then move from that emotion. You can mm. grow past it. Totally. And then if you don't, you tend to keep revisiting it over and over and over again for the same subject, for the same whatever it might be, for the same situation. Mm-hmm. You never really get past it. Mm. I thought, oh, has it, how interesting. So I said, what's your technique? He said, lock yourself in a room, black, dark, no light <laughs> for two days. I said, okay, That's great. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. It's funny. My old mentor used to say the same thing. When you find yourself stinking thinking, lock yourself in a cupboard and don't come out until you're freaking grateful. Yeah, because you that. need to embody, you need to feel. And then this is exactly what, what we are really starting to understand now, particularly the masculine, not necessarily just the, the man or the woman, but the masculine, as in so strong in the mind and so powerful in, in, in the doingness that we forget about the beingness, about the feeling. And I always say those things that we suppress will be expressed. They're, I call them issues in the tissues, right? Mm-hmm. Issues in the tissues, Issues brother. in the tissues. And if we don't actually allow ourselves to sit with the emotion and to wholeheartedly feel the emotion in a safe space, like you said, well, it's going to come back. And this time it doesn't necessarily come back as a, a feather or a whisper. It maybe comes back as a kick or a push or eventually mm-hmm. a Mack truck. So it's about slowing down and listening um, and I'll be the first to put my hand up and say, you know, I'm always, always on the go. So it's a matter of can you be with your breath in more moments throughout the day? That's it. If you just give, be with your breath in more moments, I think then you can begin to expand your awareness, and become aware of what you're feeling, be the observer of that emotion, not necessarily just occupied by it, but also observing that you're feeling it. And like you said, I think it'll dissolve much, much faster. Very powerful. It's the same. It's the same. Issues in the tissues is the same thing. Uh, we were actually in our session, folks. Uh, and just so you know, this podcast is occurring. I just got it, the opportunity to work on uh, Dr. Espen here and uh, and do some chiropractic and tissue work. And we were talking about rolfing, R O L F I N G, rolfing, which is a uh, fascia release technique. Now, so this uh, 
woman, Ida Rolf, mm-hmm. um, used to say that all the time, issues in the tissues, mm-hmm. issues in the tissues. Uh, because when you start to elicit those issues out of your tissue, people will experience the emotions that are in the, in the tissue. They'll experience and revisit the story because mm-hmm. every tissue has a story, right? So as you're releasing the tissue, you'll actually experience maybe not the story or, or consciously understand the story, but every thought, feeling, emotion, desire that you're having while you're experiencing the release mm-hmm. is because that was living in those tissues. Exactly. And I think those Wild. emotions are just like us. They want to be seen, they want to be felt, they want to be heard, they want to be known, they want to be held, as in holding space. And when they are really seen, really felt, really experienced and really heard, like you and I, then we aren't as needy for Mm. attention anymore. So then we can go on our merry way and dissolve that lower frequency. You look on the Hawkins scale of consciousness, the certain emotions vibrate at different frequencies. Anything lower than 250 hertz will create a disease, Anything higher than 250 hertz will create ease or, you know, a higher vibration of love and above. And so it's really just understanding that these emotions that drag you down, that make you stuck, that make you feel sick, that make you feel, as I say, procrastination, hesitation, frustration, desperation, and depression, they really come from unseen, unfelt, unheard, and um, emotions that you haven't really held space for because you haven't given yourself the time to process them. So if you're overwhelmed by a whole bunch of emotions that don't feel too good, Know that it's it's just the inner part of you, you know, speaking to yourself, saying, "Hey, come here, and be with me for a bit, and uh, and let's do this together." And so, so, uh, and I instantly think, you know, for the men that are out there, and you're listening to, okay, so, and for the ladies out there, and you have a man that you hold space for, mm-hmm. right? And then you have, and then you have the guys that are listened to that are have to live with themselves in their masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I know, I mean, I understand the techniques that I'm using. What techniques are you using to do that? Because I would, any masculine man that's, that you tell that, they go, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, right. Yeah, hold this hammer for me, you know? <laughs> here's, my, here's my screwdriver. Here, you hold that for me, too, while you're at it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've got an axe out in the back. You want to hold that? <laughs> so, so, how, so, so give me some of your ways as a, as a masculine guy when you're in your masculine. How do you, how do, you do that? No. How, do you, how do you connect with that? How do you do that? And then still feel like you haven't given up something that you deserve or that you honor within yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? Powerful. Well, it's the integration of all of the above, you know. So there's these, the universal law, at least in, in our world, of duality, you know. And so if we are to embody ourselves fully, it's the, the dark and the light and the day and the night and so on and so forth. We have, and the yin and the yang, et cetera, we have to embody that feminine. Because we are the masculine, yeah, very often us guys, and some are obviously feminine. So if you're more masculine, then the question that we could ask ourselves is, where am I perhaps needing to do some work in the deeper, uh, you know, letting go, surrendering, um, understanding that I am also an emotional being, um, and being one with those emotions. If If you're very feminine in nature... Well, then maybe you need to look at the masculine as in, do I really you know, complete what I started? Do I, do I really uh, put my foot down and draw the boundaries and say no when I need to say no? So I think the first path to self-mastery is self-discovery. Where am I now? No judgment, just pure awareness. So do I feel right now that I'm more in the masculine or more in the feminine? And, and where do I think this path can go? So just first things first, kind of get a sense without judgment as to where we might be. 
And that can, of course, change, but normally will resonate in the frequency of masculine or feminine more so. Um, Second thing for me, honestly, and I think you know this quite well for yourself as well, yoga. Mm. Just do you. Yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong, whatever allows you to, um, as my old mentor used to say, voluntarily and regularly submit yourself into suffering. We call it perceived suffering. Right, because when you're hanging upside down, I know you teach yoga. I love going to your class. It's absolutely some of the best yoga that I've ever experienced in the world. And so when I go to your class or class of one of your teachers or anywhere in the world, and I'm, you know, quote unquote, hanging upside down and sweating up my nose, and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm just like thinking, oh, I should be doing this, or I've got pending emails, or my wife said this, or whatever it might be. If I can find peace in that moment when I'm challenged and I'm sweating and I'm hot and all i want to do is uh, you know have a cold drink or go and lie somewhere and rest or whatever if i can find peace when i can find peace on the mat i find peace off the mat so if we do not have i believe a structured regime a regular um a ritual of placing ourselves into uncomfortable environments such as yoga such as you know, whatever it is that it pushes us and allows us to be with that emotion, then those emotions will come up. And they'll come up when we don't want them to come up. So one of the keys to, to be able to find the balance, you know, yoga meaning the union of the body, mind, and spirit, and, you know, the fundamental constituent of the universe is unity. That's why the scientists call it the unified field. You learn that in yoga. That practice is, is, is a divine practice of unifying everything that is within. So honestly, I ask myself the question, when I find myself having a hard day, when was the last time I did yoga? And the answer is pretty much always too long ago. Mm. So find yourself a yoga practice um, find your, and devote yourself to a 30-day opportunity to just give yourself the gift of being one with your breath. And when the emotion comes up, breathe. And don't run, Breathe. And you'll see how quickly that dragon dissolves into a pink fluffy thing that you can ride through the universe, metaphorically, of course. Yeah, right. You know, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, as you know, my yoga studios, and I do teach yoga. And um, recently, I've been using jujitsu to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just been a shift. And, and, and the shift in my mindset being that uh, I needed to get to a place where I can fully let everything go mm-hmm. safely mm-hmm. and respecting other people around me, like together, not just as like by yourself, but actually having to integrate with other people, beings, mm. and get to a place that where there was nothing else left mm-hmm. that could possibly offer any resistance mm-hmm. anymore. And then at the end of it, what you get is a very soft sort of outlook I soften, my brain softens, my grip softens. Mm. It could possibly be because I'm completely spent. (laughs) But I feel like I need to go to war sometimes. Yeah. Whether I win or lose, whether I choke somebody or I got choked out. Actually, sometimes it's better when I get choked out. Mm. It's better when I'm not the victor Mm -hmm. and there's somebody who's way better than I am and then can teach me what it's like to get choked out mm-hmm. to lose when you go to war and then to end that. And then that, 
getting to the end point, that is an, an amazing feeling. Mm. But then to be conscious of the fact that, that you're at that point, mm. like to realize, oh, look where I am. Look where I came from. How did that work? Oh, now I see I, why I did that. Mm. And, I, you know, and why I also gravitated towards hot yoga. Because, you know, my first hot yoga class, I thought this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my yeah, entire same. life. Same. Far out. Mm. And that, that feeling of, like, there was nothing else left at the end of the class. Like, you were completely spent. You went through every part of your body. You didn't leave any stone unturned. Mm. And then you're like, yeah, man, now I can see. Mm. Ah, now I can breathe. Mm. But then to consciously see that actually happening. Maybe at first you don't, but later. If someone tells you to look for it, maybe you do. Right? Mm. Mm. I heard that an old wise man used to say, the teacher will show you in which direction to look, but not what to see. Mm. You know, so if we can come to that term of understanding, you know, be, be it you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or you know, surfing or yoga, but something that pushes us, something that's not easy, something where we need to be present with our breath in an uncomfortable environment on a regular basis, truly, I truly do believe that's a recipe for an incredible life. Because when you're able to be that present on the yoga mat and you have an uncomfortable conversation at work or with your spouse or you know, a thought or emotion comes up with yourself, you're able to be with that. You're able to breathe with that. You're able to assimilate that energy and raise the frequency. And the only thing that needs to take place when you're challenged is, one, the awareness that you're challenged, the awareness of your breath. And I think sometimes the question, how is this happening for me, instead of how is, it, how is this happening to me? Because mm. then you can shift it in the moment. But you need to train yourself to that because if you're constantly looking for comfortable this and you know I need the aircon on in my car and I need this here, I need that there, you are running away from discomfort and discomfort's going to find you. and It's going to be way more uncomfortable and a lot more suffering in life unless you actually say, you know what, I'm going to tackle the inspiring challenges so my life doesn't fill up with those uninspiring challenges that I don't want. Choose your challenges, I think I hear choose you saying. Your choose challenges. your challenges. Love it. Yeah, choose like your challenges. ripping up my back today. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Squash off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, you have to sit with the pain while it's happening, mm, you know, cause breathe. It, cause it, and breathe through it. Otherwise, you, you, cut, you cut it short. You cut the process short. You mm. end it before it's technically ready to be ended. And if you can sit with it and you can breathe with it and you can be with it, then why are you so afraid for it to be the way it is? Mm. I don't, kind of like pain. Pain is sort of that. Why is pe- why are people so afraid of pain? I think maybe because they take pain and they take whatever pain they're experiencing and they put it all in the same pain bucket. And then we're taught through media and the news and the and you know you're supposed to take aspirin and and anti-inflammatories. And anytime you feel pain, you should take something to get rid of your pain. Mm. That pain is not there. But maybe sometimes we need to see that pain is there for a reason. Why am I experiencing this pain? Mm-hmm. What is with this pain? And as opposed to masking it with, or then taking it and throwing all your pain in the same pain bucket. So mm-hmm. like if I, I go to, I don't know, I say I have a bum shoulder and I'm stretching my shoulder and it hurts. Uh, well, then does that mean avoid it? Or does that mean that you should go into it and learn a little bit more? Mm-hmm. And then just because it hurts, maybe that's just the sensation of what it feels like to stretch a shoulder that's having a problem. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, of course. And you think about what's happening in the world right now. You know, what is really going on? This is a question we can ask ourselves. And without providing the answers, we can all start asking that question. What's happening in the world right now? And is there a chance that we are going to see more discomfort? You know, we're talking about, you know, COVID-19 and lockdowns and businesses, you know, going out of, you know. Presidential going, elections. Oh, my gosh. All the above. And there's more and there's more and there's more. And, you know, I think we all could agree 
and feel free to disagree, but I feel this, it's fair to say that every single person going through the human experience is going to have a challenging time from time to time. We're not going to live a flawless life without any challenges. There's always going to be a challenge with you know, our loved ones or our businesses or our minds and emotions. So if we can understand that there's always going to be a challenge and that we don't find the answers without, I always say those who don't go within, they go without. So what could then be a key if we would need and would want to prepare. Think about it. If there's a second wave, third wave, if there's a, you know, whatever happens in the world, we just don't know. But what we do know is we're living in very interesting times. So what could be a key then to prepare ourselves? Seriously, turn the attention within. If you can find peace in uncomfortable environment, if you can find breath in uncomfortable environments, then, and you can condition that, within your nervous system and you can find more peace and more joy and more groundedness and more opportunity to share your love and live your light and share your light. And it sounds a bit esoteric, but it's a fundamental truth. If you have a a good relationship with yourself on the inside, you've done the work, you have good people around you, and you can assimilate these emotions by being with them instead of running from them, you are so so much more equipped to um, deal with challenges on the outside. I think right now is the time for all of us to really do that and prepare ourselves for what is coming because we don't know what it is, but we know it's going to be different. So start now and devote time to yourself, devote um, energy to yourself um, presence, you know, really look at your calendar and put time in there for you to be with yourself in, in the present moment, in the joyful vibration. Yeah, and it's, it's always difficult to, not, to make, well, not always, but I think that many people find difficulty in making time for themselves when mm. there's so many other things that we could be doing yeah. that seem to be more productive than <laughs> anything else that I could be doing. Why should yeah. I just sit here when I could be conquering the internet world, you know, like, I could be posting on my social networks or whatever it might be. Um, and it was so funny that you, that you said that uh, if you can teach yourself how to breathe in difficult times mm. on purpose, mm-hmm. that that will then translate into you being able to breathe in difficult times when difficult times come. Exactly. And, and, and to just share because it's just, I'm just having light bulbs going off on how that works for me, and if I can share that, I think that's powerful. That there's a posture in yoga, and because we were talking about yoga, and be, meanwhile, it's 104 degrees, 40 degrees Celsius in the room. You've got sweat running up your nose, in your eyes, and it doesn't feel nice. Your ears are blocked because they're filled up with water. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you're standing, and you put your forehead, you suck your belly in, you tuck your chin to your chest, and you're round all the way down, and you put your forehead on your knee, and you choke mm-hmm. your throat, so you make it on purpose extraordinarily difficult for yourself to breathe and then you have to stand you have sit there like stay there for at least 20 seconds minimum breathing when on purpose you're making it even harder for yourself to breathe more and more and then that translates into look if you can breathe like that and you put yourself in that position imagine when life deals you something that makes life difficult to breathe, mm-hmm. that you still have that capacity to breathe. Mm-hmm. And then how it translates over into my recent obsession with jujitsu is I had this guy stacking on top of me. I, he was pushing me down, crunching me down into a little tiny ball. But what he wasn't aware of is how good I was at breathing in mm-hmm. uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. So the closer my knees got to my head, the closer, the more compact I became. I just got more relaxed. Mm. And then before you know it, 
flipped them over and we were a role reversal. Mm-hmm. The lesson being that, you know, I'm the one who trained that. Mm-hmm. You're the one who trained yourself into that. And then I think that other people can do that too. And then the how would be, well, you know, start a yoga, start going to yoga, start doing things that force you to teach you how to breathe when things are difficult. Surfing. Surfing seems to be the thing that comes up when I listen to a lot of information about getting into a flow state. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and recently been obsessed with, okay, what is it actually that triggers me into a flow state? Boom. And I'm like, okay, how do I actually access that so I can just be in a flow state whenever I – Whenever I need to be in a flow state, mm-hmm. I see when I do it work with patients. I see when I'm in my martial arts. I see it when I'm shooting my bow. I see it with um, with my children. Mm-hmm. Had all these different times when you enter into flow state. Mm. How do you trigger it? How do you trigger it? Good question. So for those listening, if you don't know what flow is, it's a it's a actual uh, state of being where certain parts of your brain take over. Uh, more so than those that we normally use. So, for example, if you look at, um, you know, scientists will say that we use about 5 to 10% of our brains at the most. I mean, that, that's, that's still true to this day. So the majority of our brain is unconscious, which means that it's, it's literally um, remarkably powerful, but very rarely used. So when we look at flow and the flow state, and this comes from the research um, from the book of Stephen Kotler, the rise of superman and stealing fire and great book by the way a phenomenal book great book yeah the rise of superman and stealing fire and he's got some other ones too but start with the rise of superman and really when you look at the flow state it's it's the state where you are a being and not doing so it's the surfer that's one with the wave and the rock climber that's one with the rock and when i did ninja warrior i only actually remember two of the first six obstacles because i was in flow the whole time um, when I got to the fifth obstacle, the one before the wall, and I had to swing back from one tiny little shelf where you only have a little fingertip grab, <clears throat> and about two and a half meters up to the next one, I remember swinging back, and it went from normal speed to literally slow-mo, and my brain was so alert and so present, and I heard a voice in my head, and the voice said, you've trained your entire life for this one jump. And in my conscious awareness, the sentence that I had in my head, well, if that's the case, time to rock and roll, you know, time mm. to go. So I just went for it and, and, and nailed the platform and up the wall and, um, you know, hit the buzzer and, and celebrated. But the, 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 the first thing to understand is that flow, which is scientifically known as transient hypo, which means below then frontality, which refers to the pre thinking frontal cortex so the front part of your brain that's critically thinking about what do i do how do i do it it's basically slowing down the analytical brain of trying to analyze and understand and control everything instead of doing that you become one with it so you become one with your breath one with the posture in yoga one with the skateboard one with you know playing you know on the beach with your children whatever it is that you're doing you become one with that And it's not that you're in or out of flow. You're always in different degrees of flow. So as you so beautifully asked, John, as in what are the things, and these are questions that we can all ask ourselves, what are the things that I do that makes me feel that time and space dissolves? Mm. What is it that I do that makes me, you know, my heart open or I get goosebumps or tears of gratitude or I'm just doing something that I could just do forever and I wasn't even here in terms of looking at the clock. When you understand what they are, when you analyze, analyze what they are, I truly do believe 
that they are universal signs, signs from your spirit or your soul, if you will, showing you the path to inspiration for yourself. And, you know, it's going to be different. Someone's going to play the piano for hours and be completely one with the tones. Someone's going to have a paintbrush and just be disappearing into the moment of pure creativity. And I can't even do either of those. But it's different. And and for you, of course, it's different. So for everyone listening, ask yourself the question, what is it that I do that makes time and space dissolve? What is it that I do that brings me into the present moment with, with, with a frequency of joy, which is on the Hawkins scale, above the frequency of love? And what is it that I do that makes me uh, feel inspired? Mm. And I think there's a big difference between a motivation uh, from outside sources and inspiration from inside source. That's why you know inspiration from Latin means in spirit. So take a moment to, to know that you're always in certain and different degrees of flow. You're never in or out of flow to understand that you have the power of divine creation and consciousness within. And if you just start looking at your life and asking yourself these questions, you can begin to live a life in spirit. And that is a life worth living. Mm. You know, hey, can I offer some really interesting observations only because I, it blows me away when I watch other people entering states of flow. Like I watch, I, I love observing Mm. And and I like to think I observe with a, a quarter, like, like a keen eye, like like a, mm. just like looking a little deeper. And what I observe is is that remember back in the day, this would be back in the day. People make fun of us for, for people for doing this, but when people used to sit in their cars and then they would um, drive down the road, and then they turn their video on and they'd make these inspirational, you know, personal development videos while they're driving yeah. in their car. Remember back when that people yeah. used to do that? Yeah. Uh, and then um, there's one guy who he's got to be like a Texan or something, but he's like one of these Southern Texan motivational super guys that he's got his hat on and, and he makes all his videos in the car. Mm-hmm. And so an observe, observation I have about that is, is that are they aware that they are actually, ent- that, that by driving, the act of driving enters you into this trance-like mm-hmm low state close like low level i'll say low energy flow state but you're in the state of flow so who else out there Mm -hmm. when you drive your car all of a sudden solves some problems um thinks about great things has new have new ideas um seemingly are able to communicate better than you were able to communicate previously and so you have these like for other people, it could be like a superpower all of a sudden. Mm. You have this capacity to think and communicate, and you're in this like car trance, and you're in the car. And then you have people like David Goggins. Incredible. Psycho, incredible mm. guy. Mm. And do you ever wonder, why does he make a lot of his videos while he's exercising? While he's running, exactly. Okay. Some could arguably say that all he does is fucking run. <laughs> so, so when, so if there's if he's not on the toilet, he's running. So yeah. when else would there be a time for him to make the videos? Yeah. But do you notice that he's always so in his flow states? Like what gets him to his flow states? Yeah, yeah. huge. And that's something that's available for all of us, you know, because we so often compare ourselves to other people. Oh, he or she has done all these magnificent things, and I couldn't do that. I'm just poor me. No, no, no. Everyone started from the same. Uh, beginning, no matter what it is, no matter where you are, who you are, how old you are, young you are, there is something within you that is a spirit and a spark, and there is something within you that is joy. And that may have been forgotten, and that's okay. 
But just start looking within and asking yourself those questions because when you find what that is, mate, you are just gonna you you're just gonna shine. You know, you're literally charging up your own being and all the people around you. So I mean, we can we can all look at that and see what it is. For me, it's yoga. One of my greatest challenges is when I practice yoga, I get downloads all the time. I get these new business ideas or projects or visions or you know things come into my model, my clinical model, or whatever it might be, and I always think to myself. Dang, there it is again. <laughs> should I stop and go and write it down <laughs> or shall I stay with the posture? So, of course, I stay with the posture and then I repeat it in my brain while breathing so I don't forget. But I download like crazy when I'm either presenting from stage, uh, coaching someone one-on-one, practicing yoga, um, or just doing the things that I love. It's just and all those amazing. are your flow states. And people keep thing, uh, pens and papers next to their bed as they're entering. Yeah beginning to enter their deeper near sleep state mm-hmm. they have an idea boom got to write it down yep. and then sometimes they'll be in sleep state some state of sleep mm-hmm. and actually wake themselves up yeah to write an idea down and um i remember was it napoleon hill and i'm gonna say that it was his book out the book outwitting the devil mm-hmm. unbelievable book unbelievable book and i believe it was in that one where he talked about getting into a dark room and just sitting down on a chair huge or was it the other he it was either himself or he was talking about one of the people in maybe even think and grow rich that that was a technique they would literally put a chair in the middle of the room with a, a table stand yeah and a pen and paper and then that would be their place to go and try to enter into their flow state yep yeah I just find it fascinating. Like, what if we can enter flow state more often? Yeah, well, we can, and that's the key. Because when you understand the prefrontal thinking cortex, so what's, what's literally just behind your forehead, that's when you think to analyze, it's crit- critical analysis. And it's as important as it is to analyze things critically, that's not a good, fun place to live. Because it's not where joy lives. It's not where creativity is found. It's more so in the survival state. You know, we call it fight or flight or the sympathetic nervous system. That's the critical thinking mind. What, what do I need to do to get the heck out of here? What do I need to do to, to, to understand and do all these things with the masculine mind? But in the masculine mind, there's very little creativity. There's very little flow. There's a lot less fun. So when you begin to become creative or get into a flow state, what happens is that the blood goes from the front part of your brain to other parts of your brain that is... The executive centers of the brain where there is incredible wisdom, where there is incredible power. I mean, we hear about people when, you know, you've probably heard about the story where the, the, the woman is driving the car with her child in the back. She has an accident. The car is upside down. The child is trapped under the car in water and the, the child is drowning. So this woman with a broken back bends down, lifts up the car. So here we have a woman with a broken back who lifts a vehicle and pulls her child out. Or someone like Wim the Iceman Hoff who can climb Mount Everest and a pair of Out of control. Sandals. Seriously. You know, Alex Hanold, he climbed the 3,000 feet granite uh, wall Yosemite, in, in Yosemite National, National Park. Oh, yeah, that's right. With uh, Scaling, uh, <laughs> I remember the movie. With no ropes ridiculous yeah so and again and so they scanned his brain so alex hanold free solo climber they scan his brain what do they find that the frequency of fear doesn't register so he's not in fear okay so when you're prefrontal thinking cortex when you're in the analytical brain there's a lot of room for fear the 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 part of your brain which is um, known as a reptilian brain or the survival part of the brain that kicks in of course it's you're high up and you could die if you make one mistake 
you're not going to be here tomorrow. However, because he's so present, it doesn't register fear. And, and we can get to this. We can and we can actually not just get there from time to time, but we can begin to live in states of flow, transient hyperfrontality, states of being, of super performance. That's what we've got to recognize. This is super performance. And we can do it if we just ask ourselves these questions. You know, what is it that I do that I love doing, where I'm creative? What is it that I do that makes time and space dissolve or at least, you know, takes away the notion that I'm looking at my time and I'm just in the moment? And as Einstein said, there's no past or future because the eternity is only in the now. And what is it that makes my heart sing tears of gratitude that really brings me joy? Write it down, do it more and more, and you literally do become superhuman. It just starts, flow states just start coming to you as you do more and more of the stuff that you love. Correct. And then you just start being flow state. Yeah. Ah, oh, so interesting. So you're more just training it into your body. You're conditioning it through neuroplasticity because you're firing and wiring those pathways again. You again, same thing. The fundamental principles remain the same. You have to put yourself in uncomfortable environments from time to time to be able to get not, not get rid of, but to assimilate the, the emotions that cloud reason so often. You have to do the things that you do from a joyful state. You know, so when you're in flow, you do it regularly because you learn so much faster when you enjoy, you know, because you have the incredible oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine, the incredible uh, neurotransmitters firing in the body. And, and what happens is that you actually condition your nervous system. You physically and atomically grow new pathways in the brain and nervous system that are tailored for you to be inspir- in, in, inspiration, inspired. Uh, here's 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 where I'm hearing as well is that it sounds like one of the things that you're saying is is that while you are doing the things that bring you overwhelming joy and the things that that you find yourself losing time and that fill you instead of tear from you that know that you're in that state and then amplify mm-hmm. the emotions that are flowing through you while you're in that state. So don't just be limited to the the low level of flow that you might be in. Uh, and I just think, for example, when I'm adjusting clients, okay, so I'm with a patient and we're, I'm in a flow state almost instantaneously as soon as my hands touch the, the person's body. And in the past, I would have just stayed in that low energy contemplative zero in state. And what I have learned from moving forward now into the future is that... I allow more of the emotion to flow through while I'm in that state mm. and I just lift the volume of it up. That's it. I just pump it up. I just put the volume up, keep bringing it up and raising my own frequency higher and higher and higher and higher, even if it's just a general, you know, like, hey, how you doing? Okay, mm. lay down. Let's get you sorted, mm-hmm. sort of adjustment. Increasing the, the, the amplifying the volume of that so I can feel more of it. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just being okay with, it's something that I don't think you can do while you're driving your car, though. <laughs> you know, you need to know when to do it. Maybe if you're a race car driver. <laughs> exactly. Right? So if you're, uh, you know, <laughs> zipping around the track, they've got to be in flow state. Oh, my gosh. They've got course. to amplify mm-hmm. their neuromotive states yeah. to some degree. Yeah. So, I mean, this, is, this works for every single person every single time. And the first path to mastery is just to recognize that you have that power within, mm. you know. And, and then when you recognize that, you know, have, you have been this God-given potential of, well, firstly, being alive, even though sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's painful. Uh, we can begin to, to turn that attention within. 
And it is possible for everyone to achieve that. And it can be something real simple. You know, it can be you're retired and you love working in the garden. And when you're in the garden, you don't look at the time. Wow, congratulations. You are in spirit. Yeah, yep. you've made it. You're done. You do, it doesn't need to be extraordinary and, and, and you know, woo-wah. And it, it just needs to be you with your breath in that environment that makes your heart sing. That's and then, it. And then while you're doing it, just amplify. Yeah. Just, just increase what you're feeling. Enjoy yeah. it more. Fire it up. Fire it up. Yeah, fire, fire it up. up. Absolutely. And why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you want to do well, that? Well, you just don't know. I don't think that people that you would just think. like Yeah. You just think, okay, this, this is it. Yeah, for sure. People, you just don't. You wouldn't know, and then you wouldn't know. Do you know how to fire it up? Do you know how to make yourself yeah. happier when you're already happy? Yeah. The yeah. question is: Is could you? Yeah. If you could, would you? Mm-hmm. That's the question. If you could, would you do it? I always say to to, to my students and uh, and uh, some of our clients, you know, when we when we consult and stuff like that, I always say, "What if?" This is a good question to to take a note on. What if the top is actually just the bottom of your potential? God, it's a black belt type of thing. (laughs) That's like like a black belt. You know when you get your black belt and they're like, congratulations, you're starting over. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) I got a broken finger and and I'm not going to breathe for the next three months. But yeah, thanks a lot. Starting over. We could consider that, you know, what if 100%. the top is just the bottom of our potential? What if we are, you know, beings of love and light? What if we have this incredible energy within us that is the true asset, you know? And and by charging our batteries, we can, you know, just get in nature, drink clean water, have clean food, hang out with loved ones, do the things that inspire us the most, contribute to other people's lives. You know, one of the easiest way to become happy and to live an extraordinary life is simply to count your blessings. You know, to count your blessings. Every like, I'm sitting now. I'm, I'm here with a brother. I'm hanging out. Like, I'm so grateful in my heart right now. And by me cultivating that gratitude with honor and respect for what we're doing and sharing this message with the world and just hanging out, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling lifted. I'm feeling amplified. Why? Because I'm focusing on it. Mm. So, if you want to really like to answer the question in in one way, how can we amplify the the good feelings? I'm going to swear now. Fucking focus on it. Yeah, man. Just fucking focus on it. And fuck, by the way, I believe stands for future understanding of conscious knowledge. Right? So if you're triggered, <laughs> don't worry about that one. But just focus on it. Where you focus is what you get. If you focus on, on, the, on the shit feelings, you're going to feel crap. You know, so sit with the emotion when they arrive. Put yourself in uncomfortable environments from time to time so you can assimilate and breathe through those. And then fix your focus. Mm. Fix your focus on the things that you've already received and when you focus on what you've received, you, you get more things. You receive more things. Why? Because you're already cultivating gratitude for the things you've been blessed. So if anything, fix your focus, uh, amplify the emotion. So if you're feeling great, like really show the world that you're feeling great. You know, share that with your loved ones and, and focus on gratitude. You know, gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. So if we just count our blessings, you're going to live an extraordinary life, period. That's it. That's mm. awesome. So... um. Now that we have the secret of success, and all people are grateful and be grateful, bitches. Grateful and loving and kind and joyous and in your flow state. Get in your flow state. What's yeah. next for you, man? You're, you're obviously a very talented teacher, and I know you're out there doing events and you have clients that you what's, – what's on your agenda? COVID shut down your, mm. your live events as they have for pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what's, uh, what's going on for – Aspen. My uh, philosophy is that in the pits where the purpose is revealed, in the traumas where the transformation begins. 
So having you know gone through this COVID situation recently, I just rediscovered a, a much more profound relationship to God, if you will. And some people, you know, believe in God. Some people don't believe in God. Some people think it's a you know father figure up in the cloud with a beard. And other you know scientists like ourselves, we we you know call it the quantum field. You know, many different ways to look at what awareness is and what consciousness is, etc. Um, so my main project right now, to be honest, is taking care of myself and my loved ones. Um, really focusing on embodying what what I am, which is light, and really devoting myself to a way of living that can serve the world by truly taking care of my frequency. You know, uh, as we know, everything in the in in the world is energy, frequency, and vibration. So I'm really making it my uh, devoted practice to remember where I came from, which is from the light, uh, to remember who I am and what I came to do which is to be a loving, uh, conscious, congruent, uh, humble man to the best of my ability. And once I have now feel like I've really started to get my energy right, because that's, I mean, we talk, talk about martial arts, you go from white belt to a black belt and, and so on and so forth. Most of us have to come to terms with that we are, you know, maybe we've been here before, maybe we re- believe in reincarnation, maybe we don't. My process is right now is I believe that we're going through a global awakening, this is my personal belief, and I believe that right now, if, we, if we're standing on the precipice of transformation and that each and every being can just remember that we are here for a reason, that we are the heroes that we've been waiting for, that it's not so much, you know, we don't point the fingers at the governments and do all these things anymore because we are the change makers. This is mm. all a collective frequency. If I can really start looking within to a much deeper, much more congruent level, and you know, a research at the University of Castle has shown that the average person's chest area will emit about twenty photons of light per second. That means twenty units of light per second. But when a person turns his or her attention within, and that person begins to focus on their heart and to to think about love and gratitude and peace and then focus that outwards, those 20 photons of light can be amplified to 100,000 photons of light per second. That is a 5,000 time increase in the amount of light measured from your chest when you focus on your heart and on love and peace. So, um, in short... Um, you know, we've we've uh, been able to educate and inspire thousands of people all over the world. But our main mission right now is to continue to share with our students and with our loved ones and with our family and for ourselves the opportunity to to turn that attention within and to expand that light. Because right now, what's happening on the world is is a collective uh, experience of what's happening inside everyone. And if everyone listening, if you could just remember that you turn your attention within and you ask the question, how would love respond? You ask the question, you know, if I'm alive for a reason, how can I make a difference? Even though sometimes I feel so insignificant, how can I make a difference? Sit in silence, sit in meditation, focus on your heart beating inside your chest and send love to the world. And you are literally the hero that you've been waiting for. Um, my main focus right now is just to uh, help uh, as many people as possible remember who they are and come back to love because we are about to change this world and we can only do it together. Mm. It's such, uh, such a powerful thing, man. And to, to remember that you know you are your light, man. You, you, you're more than just skin and bones. Yep. 
And if you can't get the shit on the inside right, mm. why are you worried about changing all this shit on the outside? That's right. Yeah, yeah so go within. Go within. Well, how did it get in touch with you? How do people get in touch with you? They want to hear more from, from you. Where are you, uh, where are you uh, sharing your voice? You go to drespen.com. That is D-R-E-S-P-E-N, drespen.com. Find us there. Pop us a message on social media. And uh, I always say, let's get smart and let's stay in the heart. So I'll see you in the heart and I'll see you in the breath. Thanks for sharing this, man. Thank you, Thank brother. Thank you so much sharing your yeah, time. Yeah, buddy. So much appreciated. Thanks for everyone uh, that listened and remember how you are so amazing and so loved.